Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. All praise and thanks to you, Sadiq Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Choices, peace, blessings, and salutations upon our master and exemplar, Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ahlan wa sahlan wa marhaban bikum. Welcome to Unlocking Hearts. I'm your host, Irshad Siddiq, and this is a program about reflecting on the Quran and discovering meanings that could potentially unlock our hearts. Of course, do they not reflect about the Quran or are there locks upon their hearts, as Allah mentions in the Quran? Now, in Jews 2, the theme of guidance appears to continue. In this Jews, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains to us various laws of Islam related to every area of life. So we find the laws of fasting in the second Jews. Not the detailed laws, of course, because there we refer to the sunnah and the books of fiqh by extension. Then Allah speaks about hajj, marriage, divorce, warfare, criminal law. All of those are discussed, while not again in extensive detail, but enough to be called detailed as far as the Quran is concerned. As we mentioned, the, the verses appear to be going to a theme of guidance. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us that the Quran is a guidance. That it is a means of guiding all people, right? وَبَيِّنَاتِ And clear signs مِنَ الْهُدَى of guidance وَالْفُرْقَانِ And a distinction. Furqan is a criterion that which judges between uh, good and bad. So, essentially, this is the verse that we really want to be looking at um, today for Jews 2. The verse is شَهْرُ رَمَضَانَ الَّذِي أُنزِلَ فِيهِ الْقُرْآنِ Specifically that part of the verse as well. The month of Ramadan is the month in which the Qur'an was revealed. From here, we see the importance of Ramadan is the Qur'an and the importance of the Qur'an is Ramadan. And scholars differ as to which one actually is being given the honor because it's being associated with one another. But our aim is to look at how is the Qur'an for us. Now, growing up, I remember that the Qur'an was always sacred. It was a book of bacha. You needed to learn how to bacha. That was very important. You needed to learn alif bata. Go through a primer for reading the Qur'an and at least enter into the Qur'an. That was a big deal. Now, is this it? Is this all that we really want to achieve? No, well, there's a higher level because some kids get sent away to become a hafid al-Qur'an. And that's great too, because that means they are going to be memorizing the Qur'an. So is that the objective? Well, that's good. You know, they can lead taraweeh, they can recite a janais, etc. It's a really, uh, it's an amazing achievement for the family and for them. MashaAllah, but is that enough? No, it's not enough. Alhamdulillah, in the last couple of years, I mean in the last two decades or so, We've had many institutions making the study of Arabic and specifically the study of Quranic Arabic more accessible to people. And at least there's an introduction to basic translation of Quran. Not necessarily tafsir, but translation of Quran. So that's great. Is that enough? Now, even then, the journey has not been completed because the Quran could still potentially be neglected. And that is because we have not yet made it a guide in our lives. We can recite the Quran, we can translate the Quran, we can analyze and make tafsir of the Quran, we can you know, apply the laws of the Quran in fiqh and in theory, but the ultimate is when we do all of that, 
and the Quran becomes a guide in our lives. And this continues from the first discussion that we had yesterday in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught us that we ask for guidance. We ask Him subhanahu wa ta'ala for guidance. We say, you know, guide us to the straight path. So of all the du'as that, that Allah could have taught us in the Quran, in Surah Fatiha especially, to say we could have used, you know, grant us the best in this world and the best in the world hereafter. But the most important gift that Allah could give us and that we should ask Him to give us is for guidance. And the Quran is exactly that. For as long as people have been on this earth, they've been looking for ways to live. They've been discovering, we've been discovering things, we've been searching for things, we've been speaking about things. We try to figure life out. And one could simply look at, you know, the social media platforms, which is sort of a modern communication uh, means and media. And still, even though we are in the year 2022, people still want to know how to live their lives. What's the best way to handle this? What's the best way to be in a marriage? What's the best way to live my daily life? How should I focus? How should I be more productive? How should I, you know, so people are looking for ways to live. This Quran is Allah's guidance to humanity saying, look, everything aside, this is the way to live. This is God's way. This is what God wants from us as far as how we should live. So this verse in the second Jews, Shahru Ramadan alladhi unzila fihi al-Quran, this month of Ramadan is that month in which this Quran has been revealed. Hudallin nas. I remember at the beginning of Surah Baqarah, Allah says, Hudallil muttaqeen, that the Quran is a guidance for those who are Allah conscious, right? Those who, they have a quality that drives them to do what Allah wants and that drives them away from what Allah prohibits. That is taqwa. But in this side of Surah Baqarah, which is you know an entire Jews later and a bit, Allah tells us that the Quran is also It is a guidance for all of the people, for all of humanity, because humankind can learn how to live from the Quran. Then Allah's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala details this even further and he says, Hudalinas huda wal furqan. It's also clear signs, clear evidence, clear arguments, clear proofs. huda, proofs of guidance, wal furqan, as well as a criterion, a way that we can judge the difference between right and wrong, good and bad. Remember, as Muslims, our idea of morals and ethics is not like the the reeds in the wind, you know? When the trends go this way, then this is the way to go. And when the trends go that way, then that's the way to go. In other words, over time, different things become good and bad based on society's perspective of those things. There are ways of life, ways of living, which were once upon a time considered taboo, even in our society here. In fact, across the world, today, not only are they no longer taboo, but they are in fact celebrated. And this is a sign of the fluctuation of people's standards. And if we read the Quran, we can see that people lived by different sets of rules throughout history. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always brought them back. Either they came willingly 
or they came unwillingly, right? And unwillingly often meant that they were completely destroyed. Na'udhu billah, Allah save us, Allah protect us. So the verse that we've selected is selected because it ties Ramadan in with that Qur'an. And it ties in what the function, what the objective of the Qur'an is for us and what we should be realigning ourselves to. We should be living by the Qur'an and nothing else. We should be guided by the Qur'an and nothing else. When we make decisions, when we make decisions with our families, when we make decisions for our personal lives, we are not supposed to be looking for Okay, what do the legal minds say and what, what do the professionals say and what do the academics have to say, etc. We first, always as Muslims, we first want to know what does Islam have to say about this? How can we approach this from an Islamic ethos? And if we can live like that, then we can really celebrate the Quran as being our constitution, our way of life, etc. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alam. So let's ask a question. The Quran says, nas, right? The Quran is describing itself as guidance. So does that mean that we shouldn't bother reciting the Qur'an? We should just read the translation of the Qur'an. We should just study the meanings of the Qur'an. We should in fact just study the fiqh because that is essentially an interpretation of the laws of the Qur'an. So why not just fast forward to that? And the answer is an affirmative no. It is important. It is extremely important. The Qur'an is not just one aspect. It's not just one dimension that, oh, okay, we need to live by the rules of the Qur'an and therefore the recitation and the chanting is unimportant, it's archaic, it's draconic, it's outdated, etc. Why do I even need to learn Arabic? I'm not an Arab. You know, I can just read the translation Qur'an. Why do I even need to, you know, reflect about the meanings in Arabic when I can just reflect about the meanings in English? Right? This is a legitimate question. But what I want to really highlight here is the fact that the Qur'an, while it tells us that it's a book, of guidance, it also tells us that it's a book of recitation. It calls itself number one Quran, which means recitation. Its opening verses of revelation were Iqra, Bismi Rabbika Ladi Khalaq, read. And the way in which the Prophet had to read was answered by Jibreel. He had to actually imitate him. The interaction between Rasulullah and Sayyidina Jibreel every night in the month of Ramadan was an action of recitation and revision teacher reading to student, student reading to teacher of whatever was revealed of the Qur'an up until that point. So no one can ever claim that the recitation of the Qur'an is, is outdated. Now, that's, that's one way of looking at it. Another way of looking at it is that all of these facets, these aspects of the importance of the Qur'an, they come together to make up a beautiful, holistic experience. The one is the recitation of the Qur'an. The other one is listening to the Qur'an. Then there's the memorization of the Qur'an. Then there's the reflection on the meanings of the Qur'an. Then there's the application of the makharij and the tajweed rules. Then there's the, the melodies or the maqamat that one could read the Qur'an in. Then there's the qira'at or the different recitation modes that one could study and read. Then there's different types of tafsir of the Qur'an, different ways we can understand the Qur'an, different methodologies of interpretation. Then there are so many books of tafsir, and all of this comes together to make one whole experience. Ideally, a person should be approaching the Qur'an from all of these aspects as much as is possible. And it also means that the treasure of the Qur'an will never run out. So now we turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in supplication and we ask 
that he make us from among those who can live by the Quran, die by the Quran, and be guided by the Quran. Al-Fatiha. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil mursaleen. Sayyidina wa nabiyina wa maulana Muhammadin sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. O oh Allah, creator of everything in existence, nourisher and sustainer, master of the universe, Ya Rabbil Alameen. On this eve of Ramadan, we turn our hands to you, we turn our hearts to you, we turn our souls to you, begging of you as weak, sinning slaves who come to you with years and mountains of sins, begging you to forgive us of our sins, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Ya Allah, allow this month of Ramadan to shine upon us, allow your mercy to shine upon us, allow the Quran to shine upon us. Ya Allah, we turn to you and we beg of your forgiveness for not taking the blessings of the Qur'an seriously in our lives. Ya Allah, we ask of your forgiveness for our shortcomings in that regard and all of our other shortcomings. O oh Allah, we ask that you guide us with the Qur'an, that you make us from among those who bask in the Qur'an's light, that you make us from among those who are guided by the Qur'an, that you make us from among those who make the decisions based on the Qur'an, who live by the rules of the Qur'an, who love what the Qur'an espouses loving, and who detest what you detest or what the Qur'an teaches us to detest, Ya Rabbil Alameen. We ask that you make us from among those who learn the Qur'an and teach it to others and who live by those by those teachings. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Ya Allah, we ask that you guide us and our kids and our fathers and our mothers and our brothers and our sisters and our ummah to lives of Qur'an, to lives filled with Qur'an, to lives based on Qur'an, to lives that shine with the Qur'an in every moment. Ya Allah, we ask that you make all of our children and all of our progeny from those who preserve the Qur'an, the Hufad of this Ummah, and those who understand the Qur'an, and those who apply the Qur'an, and those who teach the Qur'an to others, and those who learn other sciences which would complement the knowledge of the Qur'an. Ya Allah, we ask that you make the Qur'an our companion in this life, our lawyer and spokesman in the grave, our intercessor on the Day of Judgment, our companion over the bridge, our companion in Jannah. O oh Allah, we ask that you open up our hearts, our minds and our souls, that you unlock our hearts and allow the Qur'an to penetrate the depths of our hearts. As we read the Qur'an in the days of Ramadan, as we listen to and recite the Qur'an in the nights of Ramadan, as we raise our hands in supplication after we recite the Qur'an to you, Ya Allah, we ask that each and every letter bring us closer to you. And we ask your forgiveness for not fulfilling the rights of that Qur'an inside and outside the month of Ramadan. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasanata wa fi al-akhirati hasanata wa qina adhab al-nar. Wa adkhilna al-jannata ma'ala barar ya aziz ya ghaffar ya Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallallahu ala sayyidina Muhammadin al-Nabi al-Ummi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa baraka wa sallam. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته